David wasn't a man easily beaten, but here he is. We see David here without ignoring his problems. He's lifting up his eyes toward heaven, looking for God and not only being threatened by his enemy. Here's a threatening situation. But Lord, you are there. You are mine. You can protect me. David knew God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, today as Raul continues our series celebrating God's mighty love, we'll draw attention to the powerful faith testimony of King David. We'll see that even when it seemed there was no hope for his future, David put his trust in the Lord. The scripture will make clear that, yes, believers will face trials, but when they do, they can rest in God's goodness and strength. Well, let's dive right in. Here's Raul Reese. Psalm 3, in the title, The Trials of My Life. It's a psalm of David when he was fleeing from his son Absalom. And yet we have here the first prayer in the psalms. And we also have the first psalm attributed to David, which is so cool. In Psalm 3 here, it's a personal lament. Especially, I wonder how he must have felt When you have a son, and maybe you have a daughter, or grandson, granddaughter, or whoever it is, and they've come against you. They've come against you. I hope this ministers to you. And here when he wrote this psalm, this was after he fled from Jerusalem. He was leaving Jerusalem. When Absalom, his son, took over the throne there in Jerusalem. Can you imagine how he must have felt? He's the king. His son's really a nobody. But he started winning the hearts of the people by being at the door of the city and saying, well, my father's too busy, but I can help you. And he started talking to the people and stealing the people's hearts. And when he saw his power, he said, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to come against my father and take the kingdom and take the throne. So sad to see that. But let's begin by looking at chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. First of all, the believer's enemies. The believer's enemy. And here we have a large number of enemies. So let's read it. Verse 1. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. So as we open the psalm here, we are told of David's desperate loyalty to God. Underline that. Desperate loyalty to God. God, I am loyal to you no matter what happens in my life. He's crying out to God here, which is so amazing. That his enemies are growing, making more troubles in his life. Not enemy, enemies. That are growing and making more trouble in him. And you know, his enemy thinks that David is powerless. Your enemy always says, oh boy, he has no power. He has no strength. Who is he? Who is she? But they forgot that God was their defender. God is my defender. I don't care who comes against me. God is my defender. Psalm 27, 5 says, 
First of all, he says, for in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon the rock. Secondly, he's my deliverer. Psalm fifty fifteen. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall be glorified me. Thirdly, he helps them. Psalm 46, 1, God is a refuge and strength in the very present time of trouble. What's your trouble this morning at this present time? So awesome, this psalm, the way he writes it. And David's prayer begins with Lord. Notice that Lord, it starts out with. We see that in the beginning lines here, it is his desperate plight. He's desperate because of his soul, recognizing my son is rejecting me. My son wants to kill me. The word here, how the expression that he uses is a lamentation of this whole crowd of enemies that hate David and he's never done anything to them, but love them and they hate him. And that word increase here is the number of the enemy that he sees, not just one, but many, many that he sees that are coming after him. And the enemy that is troubling David or troubling me, he says, it is a problem when you are constantly in trouble by those who like you or who do not like you, your enemies. They like you, but now they don't like you. They hate you. And it says they rise up against me. Those who stand up and oppose my work and oppose anything you want to do, they always try to oppose it. They don't want you to do anything because they are jealous of you. Secondly, I see here the malicious behavior of the enemy. Verse 2. Many are they who say to me, there is no help for him in God. Selah. We see that the need here has become so great. So great and threatening. That many think here that he will not get help from God. You think that God really listens to you? You think that God really loves you? Do you think that God will take care of your enemy? These are questions that all of us have to deal with every single day of our lives. His enemies were increasing more and more, and the news was getting out that his enemy was coming after him to try to kill him. And then this is not only something that happened to David, it happens to us. They hear they were serving God. They hear they were loving God. They hear they were going to church and we're reading our Bibles and we love one another. And what do they do? They're in for what? They're coming to get you. And here people were saying the king is beyond help. There is no help for David. Who's going to help him? Jehovah God will help him. The Lord was there to help him. Why had God permitted this dangerous and disgraceful uprising against David? Why? Why with you? Why with me? The reason it was part of David's chastening, did you know that? Chastening because of what he did. His sins. Oh yes, God forgave him, but God chastened him. And many times we forget that when we do something against God, yes, you're going to repent. True repentance, he forgives you. But it's coming. You're going to reap. David Rip bitter consequences. Rip bitter consequences of his sins. And so shall we. God forgives us, but so shall we. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will also reap. 
For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Holy Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Second point, verses 3 to 4. Believers trust in God. Look what he says. David's trust in his God, verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory, the one who lifts my head. Isn't that cool? David wasn't a man easily beaten. But here he is. We see David here without ignoring his problems. He's lifting up his eyes toward heaven, looking for God and not only being threatened by his enemy. Here's a threatening situation. But Lord, you are there. You are mine. You can protect me. You can watch over me. David knew God. And his appeal to be not only under God's protection, for God to be his savior. This is why he uses the theme, the Lord Jehovah God. The God who keeps his word. Always, always keeps his word. Second, verse 4. David's prayer to his God. I cried to the Lord with my voice. And he heard me from his holy hill. Selah. I cried. I wonder if he had tears. I wonder. I cried with all my heart, Lord. Please hear me. Listen to me, God. I have these needs in my life and I need to hear from you. And as you sit and you wait upon God, all of a sudden the Lord speaks to you as you're reading the word of God. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. Salad, we pause. David kept crying out to God in prayers we see here. That God had not forsaken and God had not forsaken him from the past to the present to the future. And so David too. From the past to the present to the future, he loved God. They kept crying out to his God in prayer. In prayer, never give up, knowing that God had not forsaken him. I'm reading these books, man, that are totally just blowing me away. I've read them before. They're from the 1800s, and some of them are from the early 1900s. And, and they talk about prayer, how people would spend one whole day in prayer. I can remember when we first started this church, being saved in my home, Dale, all these guys getting saved, having Bible studies in my home, eight of us there. And then going over to other friends, David's house on Friday night, and having a little potluck, and then praying all night long until the next day. And then having breakfast in the air, and then going home. Praying. That's what you see for prayer. Prayer, so important in our lives. So that God can move in our lives in the prayers that we have given to Him. We want to receive His answers. And His answers sometimes delay. Sometimes quickly, sometimes in the middle, sometimes later. Remember He says in Revelations that prayer of the saints were around the throne of God. When you die, you pray for something. Your son, daughter, you're in the presence of God. Their prayers are around the throne of God. God's going to answer that prayer sooner or later. God loves you. He loves me. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit us at somebodylovesyou.com for more encouragement in your walk with the Lord. Later on, we'll offer you a resource that will deepen your faith and ground your heart in God's love. But first, let's continue with more from Raul. God never forsakes 
any one of us. He's always watching, always hearing when we pray, listening. But we need to pray with pure hearts. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear until you repent. Until you have that relationship, fellowship with God. And saying, God, here am I. Use my life. Lord, forgive me for having unbelief. Forgive me for cursing you. I've been there. You've been there too. Don't act like a Pharisee. <laughs> we all have. Secondly, we need to pray believing. Matthew 21, 22. And whatever thing you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive according to God's will. Thirdly, we need to pray in the name of Christ, in the name of Jesus. John 14, 13, and whatever you ask in my name, the name of Jesus, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Isn't that cool? And fourthly, we need to pray according to my will. No, according to His will. 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, That if we ask anything according to his will, check this out, he hears us. He hears us when we pray according to his will. David's prayer was heard, heard by God. And as he pressed forward, then God began not only to speak to him, but David began to have that confidence and peace in his life. Peace in his life. So good to know that when we pray, my prayers go before the throne of God. Revelations 4, 8 says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around the within. Can you imagine when we eat the heaven? Angels with six wings, eyes around within. Crazy. He says, and they do not rest day and night. They don't rest day or night. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sit on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sit on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist what were created. And were created. Isn't that cool? Third point, verse 5 through 8. Believer's victory. There is victory, you guys. David's defender from his enemies. Verse, let me read verse 5. Lay down and slip, and I woke up. For the Lord sustained me. Isn't that cool? The Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. I'm surrounded. Imagine by being surrounded with your enemies. But if God is for me, who can be against me? He's given me the power to fight on my knees with my face to the floor. Imagine David wakes up in the morning. He feels like people not only coming against him, but in the morning he wakes up, he says, I'm protected. Remember Hezekiah? They came, uh, the Assyrians were coming to destroy Jerusalem. And one of the Assyrians came up and threw a letter over the wall. They picked it up and he took it to the king of Hezekiah. He opens it up. He goes, oh my goodness, they're going to take the city. So he goes and he spreads it before the Lord. And the Lord says, put it away. 
says, tomorrow morning, I want you to come up to the wall and look over the wall. He woke up early, man. He ran up to the wall. 185,000 Assyrians dead. One angel came and wiped them out. One angel wiped out 185,000. If God is for me, who can be against me? They were so happy. And this became a sign of God's protection in his life. And then we have the example also from the New Testament of God's protection for his own, the apostles. Remember when Jesus was sleeping and the storm came in Mark 4.39? And they woke him up, Lord, don't you care we perish? And then he got up and rebuked the storm and the wind ceased and he went back to sleeping. And he said, oh, you a little faith. So that's something. And then how about Peter sleeping in a prison? In chapter 12, and the angel comes, opens the door, he says, okay, Peter, you can go now. Imagine the miracles. We put our trust in Jesus, and we seek his perfect will, and God will work in my life and work through my life. Because he loves you. So he did with David. As David put his trust, faith in the Lord, and was protected by the Lord. And we as Christians, what is your faith like? How about number one, we live by faith, Romans 1.17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And secondly, how about walking by faith, Romans 4.12. And the father of circumcision to those who not only are the circumcision, but also who walk in the steps of this faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. And thirdly, how about praying by faith? 21, 22, we read it. And whatever things you ask in, in prayer, believing you will receive. Fourthly, we resist the devil by faith. Ephesians six sixteen. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And fifthly, we overcome the world by faith. 1 John 2.13, I write you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world, neither the things of the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Forever. How about dying by faith? Are you ready to die by faith? Hebrews 11.13 says, These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, the Old Testament, but having seen them afar off. You see, God spoke to them, then he see the fulfillment, and they died. With what? By faith. But having seen afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Man, do the same, I will do the same. Strangers and pilgrims. Secondly, verse 7 and 8, David's confidence in his God. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. 
For you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of my of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Selah. Notice that there's a word again. So here in closing, the confidence of David in a triumphant vindication rings out of his mouth. Lord, you win. Lord, you win. I win. Because if God is for me, then who can be against me? So awesome. To see the word of God. David has the victory to over his problems. Do you have the victory over your problems? God is my rescuer. His prayer was to God. When he says, arise, he sees his enemies dust, doomed. A sudden end on them. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. So David is looking back in his life, remembering that all times God rescued him when he didn't even know it. Like you and I. Save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken their teeth of the ungodly. It means the slapping of the face. You slapped them on the face, an act of humiliation. Don't forget that. An act of humiliation when you slap in the face. We see David's confidence here, his God. And we see here, just as we look in our own proper times for help, to get on your face. Do you really have the confidence to trust in Jesus Christ that he'll take care of the problem? Or do you have doubt? It's the Lord alone who can help me. It is I who give him honor and glory for helping me because he is my true God. He is the God of my salvation. I praise Him, I love Him, and I glorify His holy, powerful name. Well, we pray you've been encouraged by the reassurance that in every hardship you endure, the Lord will walk with you in faithfulness, mercy, and power. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's message again, we'll be glad to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's lesson titled, The Trials of Life. As you make the daily choice to trust Him, we'd like to tell you about a life-giving resource titled, Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet from Rawl that will enrich your faith with biblical insight into the Lord's ability to forgive your sins, heal your heart, provide for your needs, and protect you in adversity. As you ground yourself in these truths, you'll learn to face every day with confidence that God is working on your behalf. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion. And we'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that's 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We've put together a wide range of resources to come alongside you in studying the Bible on your own. 
Download our app to your iPhone or Android for a variety of digital Bible studies and a personal scripture reading plan. To keep listening to Rawls' teaching, you can also download all of these programs as podcasts when you go to Spotify or iTunes. And for an up-to-date discussion on current world events from a biblical point of view, be sure to join Rawls on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk. Keep in mind that every contribution given to this ministry is tax-deductible and helps keep these Bible-based programs on the air. We appreciate your partnership. And we look forward to being with you again tomorrow. Continuing this series, you'll be directed to respond to the Lord's love with a heart of absolute devotion and a commitment to God-honoring servanthood. Now, with a closing comment, here's Rawl. Concluding, the last, our salvation, verse 8. Salvation belongs to the Lord, your blessings upon your people, Salad. So the experience here of David points to what? To the truth of the Lord's work in my life, by faith, being saved. Number one, the source of God's grace, Ephesians 2.5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. It is a source of God's love. Romans 5a, but God demonstrated his own love to us in that while we were still sinners, God died for us. Thirdly, it is a source of God's mercy. Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And fourthly, it is a source of Christ alone. Acts 4.12, I love this verse. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And lastly, it's the source of the cross. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.